हरि ओम सर्वेभ्यो नमस्कारः नमस्कारः महोदय चिन्तनवर्गे अंतेद चिन्तनवर्गे सर्वेषां स्वागतम् नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्मविद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंशऋषिभ्यो महत्यो नमो गुरुभ्यः शंकरं शंकराचार्यं केशवं बादरायनं सूत्रवाष्यकृतौ वन्दे भगवन्तौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुदात्मेति मूर्तिदेवदिपाचिने व्योमवत्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः सदाशिवसमारंभं शंकराचार्यमध्यमं अस्मदाचार्यपर्यन्तं वन्दे गुरुपरम्परां ஸ்ருதிஸ்மிருதிபுராணானாம்ஆலயம்கருணாலயம்நமாமிபகவத்பாதசங்கரம்லோகசங்கரம்ஸோ it is the even though the word atha has got different meanings here the meaning is only with related to what is called thereafter anandaryartham means after something this so when it comes to that we found that you know the usage of the word atha calls for what is that which is before that so that thereafter has a meaning for it it was the question and answer session in this regard that we have we have a in a comparison between the purva mimamsa and the uttara mimamsa or the vedic part of the the ritualistic part and dupasana part of the vedas visavesh the tattva or the upanishad part or the the philosophical part of it obviously the previous part had its own sutras which is called jainiya sutra or mimamsa sutra which is it starts with adhasto dharma jitnyasa therefore adhasto brahma jitnyasa for the philosophical part the sutras which are being made by badarayana has to be having a special purpose so in this case we find that the opponent here or the people who are taking the question from shankaracharya are the people who are earlier taking the vedic part or ritualistic part and dupasana part and they had not given much weightage or thought towards the philosophy or the upanishad part they were considering it as eology or arthavada as just you know talking about brahma as a as a you know as an entity rather than it is there is a jiva brahma ikya or the philosophy advaita is they didn't see that until shankaracharya explained it through his commentaries even though the philosophy of advaita was being prevalent but nobody has written a 
systematic analytical method in which he has done it in the Upanishads and the Brahma Sutra and the Gita. So, as a Prasthanatraya or the three, you know, main pillars of Advaita, the dependency on the Brahma Sutra is due to this for because it is calls for after having done certain things is where the study or the desire to know what is Brahman is coming in the mind of those people who are practicing the ritual in the beginning. Even though there is a reference to this in the Muntaka Upanishad, Pariksha Lokan Karma Chitan Brahmanam Nirveda Mahaya Nastya Krita Kritayana Tad Vitnana Atamsa Gurumeva Vigachet Sumitpaim Shotriyam Brahmanishtam. That mantra says about that. Pariksha Lokan Karma Chitan. So Karma Chitan, those who have been deeply involved in the karmas, after having done the, you know, Pariksha proper analysis by doing that, by doing the karma and seeing that there is something which is different that nasti akrita kritena there is the akrita or which is not a product of anything and therefore it cannot be a, an object which is not an effect of something cannot come out of a cause because the, the effect, the object itself is not a product of anything. So normally Kajya Karanabhava or the cause and the effect are linked only when there is a cause generating an effect. But an object which doesn't have a it's a it's a nature of it is that it is natural and self-existing without any cause for it. So such a thing cannot have a precondition which is called the karma or the cause for it. That is what is that mantra says in the mantra cooperation, which is now being explained in the different words, but in in the systematic way by Shankara in the following verses. So we stopped where the opponent asked is that when if it is the if it is following something else, then why is the Brahma Jitnyasa, Dharma Jitnyasa and Dharma Jitnyasa, what is the difference for that? So, Dharma, Brahma Jitnyasa, Yo, Pala Jitnyasa, Sya Vedacha. For the Dharma Vitnyasa, there is a Pala, because there is a Kriya involved in it. Yagadi, Upasanadi, Kriya. All the Yaga, Upasana, when you do it, there is a Pala you know, all those things, karma, there is a kamana or a desire and that desire prompts you to do the activity of yaga, etc. And then there is a phalam icha. There is a result for that due to that which is here. Whereas Brahma Jitnyasa is Jitnyasa Veda. There is a Jitnyasa, see, phalam, in the case of phalam for the Brahma and phalam for dharma, Brahma Jitnyasa, there is a difference between. Now, what is the difference between the two? Abhyudaya phalam dharma jnanam tacha anushthana apeksham. Abhyudayam means 
prosperity such as heaven or sun progeny or cattle wealth etc or is the prosperity as a result as a fruit of activity is what is born out of dharma jnanam by the dharma here we should take it as the dharma mimamsa or the purva mimamsa so by knowing the purva mimamsa and this anushtanam what is the way it is to be done and the ritualistic part of everything is predominantly what you call propelled and forced by desirous people with the desire of prosperity either heaven for the life after or within the life itself swarga kama i mean pashu yaga you know or putra kama all those things are coming under that whether the wealth or progeny or well you know cattle etc or even the rain all those things are part of that dharma jnana abhyudaya phalam tatcha anushtana apeksham that also not only that anushtana apeksham means it depends upon the way in which it is being done if it is properly done you get the result if you don't see the result means there is some lacuna somewhere and that has not been done properly therefore there is a direct result between just now for example even if you see a potter making a pot the method in which he makes the pot depends upon the quality of the pot whether it will remain it is strength whether it is leaking or whether it is out of shape all those things he is based on the activity with which he is doing so the react the result the kriya or the phalam the kriya dependent it is dependent upon the activity in which it is being done so there is a anushtana apeksham for that in the case of dharma jnanam what happened to the what is the case with the dharma brahma jnanam nishrayasa phalam tu brahma jnanam nacha anushtana andara apeksham that nishrayasa phalam nishesham means that state of emancipation or freedom from all and all limitations that is the phalam that is the fruit of the brahma jnanam or the by the by the following the method of brahma jnyasa nacha anushtana andare apeksham here there is no anushtanam or there is something which is to because of which the knowledge of brahma is conditioned by the activity for knowing the brahma now why it is that there is he is explaining it in this next two sentences we should understand that the moksha or the nishreya phalam is moksha that is the two brahma jnanam is intended that of the brahma jnanam what is the brahma jnanam here talking about jiva brahma aikya that is the what is called nishreya phalam that there is absolutely no difference between the jivatma and the paramatma or the difference which we are feeling that we are limited jiva and that of brahma which is the brahatvata the satyajnanam anandam brahma or vijnanam anandam brahma that type of a definition of art brahma and how is it that as a limited individual i am not that 
can be removed by the word that you are tattvamasi that one statement how can it create that knowledge is there a, there is is there no need for any anushthanam is there any requirement of any activity before that so that you know when i when i go through the upanishad and the gita or the brahma sutra i should get the knowledge i should, it should happen immediately that tattvamasi is something which should be known immediately the moment i hear because anushthana apeshta vandaram there is no anushthanam for that is it is is that way in which hangara is saying that there is no need of any anushthanam for it. even though there is a standards saying that shravana manana nididhyasana are the requirement but that shravana manana nididhyasana are not for jnanam that jnanam or the knowledge doesn't need the shravana manana nididhyasana the jnanam which is talking about brahma jnanam is the aparoksha jnanam or the direct knowledge of one's own real nature now why does it this one a different not this knowledge of aparoksha jnanam doesn't happen this shravana samagari eva the time you listen to that if the upanishad says tattvamasi or aham brahmasini pratyanam brahma ayam atma brahma if these statements are being made which is the jiva brahma aikya statement is being made that is not happening so there is a saying that shravana manana nididhyasana are required even the upanishad says are maitreyi srdrshtavya shrotavyo mantavyo nididhyasitavya ida brahadarane upanishad mantra so doesn't it mean that there is a anushthana requirement is a question which can come from the opponent about it for that what acharya says is that bhavyahacha dharma jitnyasa yoho jnana kale asti purusha vyapara tantratva bhavyam bhavyah means that what is to be generated out of dharma dharma jitnyasa of the or the ritualistic aspects of jnana kale eva asti it is that what is to be known is only applicable during that time when it is being practiced now it is not that the sarga kama yatnya is being done throughout your life only when you are doing that yatnya you are reminded about the procedures of the yatnya and you are also thinking about uh, the result about it and the result is bhavyam whether you get a heaven in the life after is not known now so you have a faith and you accept it as that i have done the ritual correctly i suppose so and i i may get surga but there is no there is no link directly between the result and the bhavyam and the karma or in the case of putra kama or pashu kama or dana kama you may see the result in this life itself so there you can find out whether the activity has gone in the right way or not way. but in either case whatever may be that whether it is the life after here or in this life itself purusha vyapara tantratvat so tantra tantra means the method in which it is being done or the effort and what type of an effort purusha vyapara 
the 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 prescription which is given in the vedas carrying it out is called what is called the vyapara or the transaction or the the ritual and that is depend upon on the person who is doing it the person who is doing if he is well trained well acquainted he knows all the rules and regulations and he doesn't miss out any steps in the procedure all those are the dependencies on the person while for this activity of dharma yajna on the ritualistic part of it so there is lot of dependency on the the person who is doing it then what the sangra says is that ihatu bhudam means nityam bhudam brahma here the brahma is jitnasyam nityatva na purusha tantra purusha vyapara tantra now this is what there are two other terminology which you may hear when in the word is called kartrutantram and vastu tantra this purusha vyapara tantra can be mentioned in this way also what is depending upon the purusha is called the kartu the purusha who does the vyapara or purusha who is doing the rituals is called a kartu or a doer so doer dependency is there for kartrutantra vishayam means whatever is cause and effect is depend upon the doer the doership that the the proper way of doing and the time and the space and the location all those things are coming under the kartrutantra or purusha vyapara tantra but ihatu in this case in the case of brahma jignasa or the knowing of brahman is concerned brahma hatu bhutam bhutam brahma it is nitya it is it is not something which is going now to be created by of any any activity it is ever existent nityam what is called nityam and because it is nityam it is not a product of any purusha tantra there is no doership activity or anything for example let us take the the somebody wants to know fire the fire is something which is there present any time anywhere at which you can be seen wherever fire is there you can see it but the fire cannot be a result of the person who is creating the fire the dependency on the fire that the nature of fire i'm not talking about the quantity or the uh, you know the spread etc about it those are all not the fire as an object is not controlled by the person who is setting creating the fire the fire has got an inherent property which is eternal in nature wherever fire is there it has got the light and the heat the light and the heat of the fire is nitya or eternal for that there is no dependency on a person who is creating the fire therefore same way brahma which is nitya vastu that is not created by anybody 
it is ever present it is eternal and omniscient omnipresent all those things is the nature of brahma we are not going into the definition of brahma here it will come up much later the only the eternal aspect is which is being mentioned here that the eternal nature of brahma is not depend upon the individual who is trying to know what is brahma your activity to know brahma will not change in the name in the way in which brahma is is there now and when you are knowing that believer brahma ikem or the individual and the brahma are non different when it is that jivo brahma ivanapara that there is no in the essence there is no difference between the individual and the cosmic that when that statement is being made there is no not no activity that is required for creating for the individual to know that that aham brahmasmi that i am brahma the aham brahmasmi is not a kriya janaka vachakam or a a, a sentence born out of an activity so to know yourself you don't need to do any activity you know yourself all the time but you don't know what is the nature of yourself that is a different aspect but don't don't have to do any activity to know yourself ahamasmi i am is not a product of any activity therefore purusha vyapara tantram is not applicable in the case of therefore it is not depend upon the effort of the one who is trying to know what is the tattvam or what is the truth behind the or what is my nature your nature is there ever present in yourself you are not knowing your present nature is due to something else that we are not talking to with now but the nature that what you are is in material of what type of effort you put to know yourself that is always there that will be always that in the same way present even now in the past and in future it is the same there is not going to be any change that is why yatna vyapajati in the in the adhyasa bhashya when shankara said that which doesn't change is satyam and that is what nityam also the satyam and nityam are not two different things that which is truth and what is eternal will never undergo any change so therefore ihatu bravadam brahma jignyasam nityatvat due to the nature of its eternality is not dependent upon the purusha tantra or the nature of the human being yahi chodana dharmasya lakshanam sa swavishaye yunjana eva purusham avabodayati chodana means the the instructions from the vedas is the dharmasya lakshanam is the karma the purva mimamsa lakshanam what is the instructions from the veda is the is the lakshanam for dharma jignyasa sa means chodana savishaye yunjanaha eva purusham avabodayati savishaye that means dharma vishaye dharmasya vishaye yunjana means by making him the person who is desired to know need to engage in the in the subject of that yaga or whatever is the part of the thing which is being instructed by the veda 
eva purusham avabodhe only then he comes to know what is to be done so only eva niyukta eva once he who is engaged in that only that time he will come to know what is the things to be done otherwise other times he is not engaged in it so there is no need to for him to remember or to engage in the activities it is not that it is a eternal aspect with you all the time because it is purusha tantratva basis desire of the phalam or desire of a fruit you engage yourself in these type of adharma jitnyasa make that act ब्रह्मचोदना तो पुषम अवबोधयोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधनाषमोधना
even after you hear it that I am Atma Brahma or Tattvamasi or Prajnana Brahma, you are not being instructed by the Upanishads to engage in any activity. Whereas Putragamo Yajeta, that one who is desirous of a child, should engage in the Yaga of Putragameshti, there is an injunction. That type of an injunction, injunction is not in the case of Brahma Jitnyasa because that's Chodana Janyatum Kevala Ababodana Meva. Where just Kevalam, it is the Jnana Janakam or generating the knowledge only. There is no injunction in the statements which requires the individual to engage himself into an activity. Yada Aksha Artha Sannikarsena Artha Avaboda Tantvat. Now he is giving an example. Like the sense organs and the object, the moment the sense organ, the object of the sense organ comes in contact, there is no requirement for any further things such that knowledge of the object to arise in the, in the individual. If he, is, if he is seeing an object, the object, whether it is he, he calls it by a, server, uh, a common name or a specific description, the knowledge of the object and seeing are simultaneous. There is no gap between the knowledge arising in the mind and the moment that you are seeing it. Or same way, you are hearing that Tattvamasi and the knowledge arising that I am Brahman is arising instantaneously. That is all what is being done by the Brahma Jitnyasa Mantras or the Upanishad Mantras. Now, when it is being told, the opponent has normally a doubt about it. Tasmat kimapi bhaktavyam yet anandaram Brahma Jitnyasa upadeshite upadishyate iti. Therefore, something has to be pointed out because the more the word atha thereafter calls for a prerequisite. After which, only the Brahma Jitnyasa or the desire or the deliberation to know Brahman can proceed is indicated by the word Atha. Therefore, what is that you are saying? Kimavi Bhaktavyam. You have to mention that what is that it is being mentioned. Here, the Vedantin Acharya says that, Uchchade. I'll say that. Yes. Nitya Nitya Vastu Vivekaha. Now he is giving the sadhana chandrashtaya as the thereafter, the word thereafter, word there is what is being explained here is that nitya nitya vastu viveka. That the knowledge or the discriminative knowledge between what is eternal and ephemeral, or what is, you know, nitya and what is anitya. Vastu, because we are not talking about a karma here. So therefore, in the experiences, we have objects which are of the nature of permanent, 
and there are the objects which are impermanent and in the in the atyasa bhashya shankara has mentioned that yadna devijayati tat satyam that which doesn't undergo any change is satyam or nityam therefore there has to be a discriminative knowledge this knowledge viveka means knowledge of discrimination two bit difference between eternal and non eternal to discriminate what is eternal what is non eternal is a requirement before knowing brahma jignasa desire to know brahma you should know you should have that discriminative power to differentiate between the eternal and non eternal that is one of them now the second one is called viraga means vairagya iha amutra artha bhoga bhoga means enjoyment artha means objects or the you know the result of activities there are two categories what is being defined one is iha means in this life in this life there are things which are being fruits of action or fruits or objects which are there with a with which there is an engagement between taking place bhoga there is something more because in the dharma jitnyasa there are even arthas which are mentioned as amutra artha by going to brahma loka or indra loka varuna loka or you know different lokas and the fruits of enjoyment of the activities punya punena papa papena all those punya and papa the good deeds and the bad deeds gives result to activity and some of them are fructified in this life some will fructify only in the brahma lok or the world which is ethereal world which is beyond the uh, conditions of this experiential world so the vairagya or the dispassion the word vairagya vigada raga raga means you know the desire the deep desire to enjoy is called raga so to remove from that is the dispassion from the passion you become dispassionate dispassionate in what the objects accrued in this life or the activities which you have done and you are in expectation of fruits in the life after in both these things there should be a dispassion this is the second requirement and then samadhamadi sadhana sampad there is a sixfold practices called samadama uparati titiksha shraddha samadhanam that there are sadhana sadushtayam what they call it as the six fold practices controlling the mind sense organs organs forbearance tranquility etc etc these are all called samadhamadi these are all conditions practices which are prerequisite for knowing the brahma why because only a person with a tranquil mind who has known how to control his organs how to control his own sense organs who one who develops forbearance to the ups and downs of life good and bad of life torture and pleasure and pain of life all those things are required for 
the mind to be focused for therefore these six folds requirements are important then comes the last one is the hankering for liberation or the the deep desire nothing else is important to such a person only moksha icha i need to know the cause for all the problems in my life and i i need a freedom from that if you remember the seventh mantra seventh chapter of uh, chandogya which we did shokasya param tarayatu tarati shokam atmavit the one who knows the atma he crosses over the sorrow ocean of sorrow that is the desire with which a mumukshu should be approaching the study of the desire to know what is brahma so in this regard what i am planning and that we complete this sentence teshu hi satsu pragavi dharma jitnyasaya urdham cha shakyade brahma jitnyasitum jnatum cha na viparyi the brahman can be deliberate on even no before and after the virtuous deeds inquiry but not otherwise the desirous thing of can come that is why the mantra which i told you about the mantra pariksha lokan karma chitan therefore those who have done the brahma jitnyasa urdham after that sakyade brahma jitnyasitum chatu then therefore they they know that the brahma dharma jitnyasa has not given them the what you call the one that knowledge with me makes them free from the entanglement of life but people who are engaged in that iha amutra phala bhoga bhoga who is who are attached to the fruits of action of here in this life or that who are desiring for a heavenly life after they will never be free from the tortures of the this life therefore it is thereafter the word thereafter the first word of the brahmajitnya athato brahmajitnyasa the first sutra the first word is now concluded here now i i want to just take us to the aspect of this sadhana chatushtayam in the aparokshanubhuti of shankaracharya for some of you it may be a revision but for others we can see that how shankara has explained this sadhana chatushtayam in the aparokshanubhuti ಸ್ವಧರಂಸ್ವರ್ಣಾಶ್ರಮಧರ್ಮೇಣ ತಪಸ ಹರಿತೋಷಣಾ ಸಾಧನ 
ஸ்வர்ணாசிரம தர்மேன பை டூயிங் திஸ் த தர்மாஸ் வாட் எவர் இஸ் சப்போஸ் டு பி டன் பை யுவர் வர்ணா அண்ட் ஆசிரமா மீன்ஸ் பை யுவர் பை யுவர் பர்த் அண்ட் ஆஸ் பர் யுவர் த ஏஜ் ஆஃப் யுவர் லைஃப் ஆஃப் த ஆசிரமா விச் இஸ் பிரம்மஜதியாஹரஸ்யாஸ்டிரிட்டிஸ் அண்ட் appropriate or uh, doing the the required you know rituals for the deva or the ishta devata sadhanam cha bhavet punsa all that what is required to be done by that in in which is which is done and results of this sadhanam cha bhavet punsa vairagyaadi chatushtai now this is the vairagya adi the starting with the vairagya these are the four things he has to continue to do while doing his varnashrama dharmas it is not that he abandons all of them and gets into vairagya vairagya to 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 have a dispassion you need to while engaging in it you need to develop a dispassion not by abandoning them because what happens is that you may abandon it by secluding yourself locking up yourself in a cave or in a secluded place but that is not a test of your capacity whether you have developed that dispassion the test of dispassion will come when you are engaged in the day to day life and while in engagement the world will not be and you know encapsulate and encapturing your attention and making you run after things in the world so to know the dispassion you need to be continuously engaged in your swarna shrama dharma and what are the sadhanas which are required so what is the vairagya brahmaadi stavarandeshu vairagyam vishayeshu nu yadhaiva kakavishtayam vairagya tathi nirmalam that is what is the pure vairagya tathi nirmalam what is the vairagya vairyant that means vairagya that is the nirmala what type of just as the dropping of a cow how it is you no know, you know what is that this what you call uh, hatred or what it is not a hatred the word you are you know aversion or your rejection to even touch the crow crow dropping suppose if you are walking and uh, crowd dropping or a bird dropping falls on your dress until you change the dress even to take a bath or after that you are still not feeling comfortable that you know that lingers in your mind that type of a lingering should be there for brahmaadi stavarandeshu from the chadurmuga brahma from the creator to the the infinitesimal thing in the world all the things should be treated like unwanted like a bird dropping vishayeshu means in the vishayas all the vishayas these are all the what are the vishayas brahmaadi stavarandeshu these are all the vishayas vishaya means objects all these objects which can entice you should be treated as bird droppings and you should develop a vairagya that is why brahma here is 
the creator and the world of brahma brahma loko mahiyate all those statements are there in the nima purva mimamsa one who does this thing go to brahma loka even not only the brahma sometimes you are even prompted, prompted that you will become the next next cycle of evolution you will become brahma even that is an enticement given in the the purva mimamsa when you are doing such an activity so not only the brahma and the brahma loka from that till the stavarandeshu which inanimate a you know grain of grass a grain of sand in the in the sea beach or in the floor all those things are all objects which you can develop an attachment either by one in you know going to heaven is a desire for certain people some people they want a desire to even build a house which is for the mud rock brick metal everything that all those things are the vishaya and that can be enticing you for doing things while doing these things what happens is that the, your mind is entangled in that you don't develop a dispassion for those things this type of a dispassion which happens in the mind this means the mind is totally free from all type of entices which is coming from the world whether it is the family society or even the nature the desire to serve the world to see the you know the nature is protected or the animals are protected your family is protected the world is protected all those things are still not coming under the category where you have a vairagya unless you develop a dispassion total dispassion to everything other than i want to know my true nature my nature i do not know i want to know through this brahmajnana that should be the single pointed single pointed attachment or a desire anything else should be dispassionate and you know you should be throwing it out like a bird dropping nityam atmaswarupam hi drishyam tat vibhirita gadam vibhiritakam evam yo nischayama samyak viveko vastuna savai samyak viveka that pure knowledge or that right knowledge vastuna of the objects what is that nityam atmaswarupam hi drishyam nityam all the time he is only seeing atmaswarupam the nature of every object which is being seen in the object you are seeing the nature of the object not the adjectives and the qualities of the name and form tat vibhiritakam that is differentiation from that you have to differentiate between these two even you are seeing an object when you are when you are engaged in an object you should be knowing what is eternal in that object and what is non eternal in an object an object time and space changes so they are not eternal what is eternal is the name and the form and the ingredients of it but beyond that beyond all those changeable things there is a changeless swarupa or the nature of an object 
because of which the object becomes known to you that knowledge without the conditioning of the name and form the existence awareness of the object segregate it from what is what is changing the name and form time and space everything is changing so you need to differentiate between these what is nitya and what is that vivedagam what is not nitya that is anitya that in the nischaya by affirmation you need to have an affirmation with which you affirm what is this is the eternal aspect of an object and these are all attributes on the object so when you do this thing why it is required because the then only you will come to a stage that viveka it is not for knowing the object by knowing the object you are not knowing you are the object we all have a what you call misunderstanding that when sarvam khalu idam brahma that statement from the upanishad is being said all what we see is brahma no sadatmana as the nature in which they objects have got their swarupa in each one of them that is the brahma not the name and form and the time and the space in which they are changing ever changing the eternal values of an object the eternal value of an object in an ever changing apparent form and time and space and everything is the common which is in every object including yourself then only aham brahmasmi can materialize in ourselves when we see the that statement therefore we need to segregate what is anitya what is changing in every object and what is the changeless aspect of every object and when you develop this in the objective world you will be able to do that on the individual yourself also this is why that nitya nitya vastu viveka is important when you do that that is the time when you are sharpening the way in which you identify yourself and you are able to identify your own nature present in everything this is why why this viveka is very important that differentiating between the nitya and anitya that is vastu viveka swarupa then samadama samadama is sadhana satushtaya sadeva vasana tyagaha sama sama ayam iti shabditaha nigraho bahya vrittyanam stama iti abhidiyate sadeva all the time vasana tyaga the subconscious desires which is prompting the individual to get in a activity mode or into the engagement in the world outside controlling of that that you know the innate nature of us identifying each one of them and putting an end to that that this is prompted by my in innate nature internal desire which is arising out of me and controlling that is what shyam sama ayam iti shabdita 
that is what is called the shama based on that the bahya vritti dama ityavidhiya when the internal desires spring up in our inner bosom and that is prompted the external organs whether the organs of sense organs or organs of action bahya vritti they engage in the world outside prompted by these internal desires that is the what is called the bahya vritti and controlling of that is called the dama so both shama and dama go hand in hand unless you identify that as a innate desire which is the prime reason because of which my external organs are getting engaged in the world outside you will not be able to control the outside engagement unless you identify that you will not be able to identify it as a a desire which is innate in nature and that is the nature of the mind and it is not my swarupa so when you do this you are developing a character analysis of the individual not only with which the characteristic of the individual is being coming up in the internal nature of the individual not only that prompted by those good or bad doesn't matter both are equally to be treated the same way that which will get force you into engage in the world outside both need to be under your control you are not the innate desires you are not the one which is engaging in the world outside you are aware when you are engaging in the world outside but you are not aware most of the time the inner desires which are prompting a vasana so you have to do the vasana tyaga means abandoning the inner motives or inner prompts which are happening from the inner one identify that and abandon that also bring a disconnect between that unknowingly getting engaged in the world outside so both shama and dama has to be go controlled in hand in hand one you cannot do what alone both has to go to hand in hand simultaneously this is why shama dama then vishaye vya paravritti parama aparo aparati harhisa sahanam sarva dukkanam didiksha sa shubhamata uparati uparati hi sa vishaye vya paravritti parama uparati hi sa vishayetya paravritti now engaging with the object outside is prompted by an internal desire but not only that the external objects also have got an equal power to attract you to get into that because of which you develop the innate nature or the vasanas in the inside you so secluding yourself controlling your innate nature and engaging with that in the nature the world outside is not alone enough but you need to also have the uparati what they call it as the the withdrawal from the paravritti from the external attraction of the vishayas 
from the objects that also should be equally then then only the shamo the shamadama uparati will be successful only by doing shamadama you will not be successful because the world outside can be tempting you may be in in all those mental secluded things everything in a weak moment you are in a place where something tempts you and you without your knowledge you may dilute your control and you get engaged in it while doing that you may not know that it is the external stimulation which is now taking over me unless you are having the control of the shama dama it operates as your practices these practices are equally important and all the time it is that when you are swavarnasrama dharmena tapasa haritoshana even when you are engaged in the world outside being alert uttishtada jagrata that both these aspects attention and alertness towards these aspects are very important for as a sadhana chatushtaya thing in the sadhana chatushtaya then comes sahanam sarva dukkhanam tidiksha sa subhamata sarva dukkhana all type of sorrows here not doesn't mean sukham means sukham and dukkham both you have to be taken sahanam means forbearance tidiksha is the word where you do not react into it see what happens in our life is that we are always in a reactive mode the stimulus from the world outside or from the internal desires is the one which is prompting us to live in this world either it will be desired by the sukha or the enjoyment which you can get out of that or you may you may not engage or you will disengage from certain things because it is giving rise to dukha or the sorrow for that so the engagement of disengagement in the world is because of the samadama uparati when it is not functioning then you are thrown either by the the happiness of the engagement or the sorrow of the engagement so there need to be a disengagement in the world that is what is called apradigara purvakam without reacting to it whether happiness comes or sorrow comes you have the equal coin with which you weigh them you have neither to do with the happiness nor to do with the sorrow they are all just events happening by itself the nature of the happiness or the nature of the sorrow is my way of interpreting them they are mere events the events in itself is not giving rise to happiness or sorrow but when we react to the events the reaction is based on the feeling that we create in our mind that it is happiness or sorrow if it is happiness we engage if it is sorrow we disengage so actually speaking the object has done nothing to you the events emotions feelings and thoughts which are happening to you has nothing to do with your reaction they are happening by as a natural process it is the nature of the world or nature of substances how they exhibit themselves fire will be hot water can be cold wind can blow 
or anything in the nature if you look at it that way. People will behave because of their nature in which they are. That doesn't mean your behavior has to be accumulating that his behavior. Treat that other person also as a tree or a dog or a mountain or a water or a fire. They are all part of the nature. Why should you develop a love or a hatred, sukham or dukkha, or the reaction of love and hatred? Why should we develop? Because we do not treat them as vishaya, as it is, because we do not see the, the nature of the vishaya. There is, we don't have the viveka to differentiate between what is the attributes on the object, what is the innate nature of the object. The viveka is not there. And therefore, we are not, not able to do the Shamadama Ugarati. And therefore, if we do not do them, we are not able to do the Tidiksha or the forbearance which is to be done in our life. We need to do this every activity, every moment of our life. Only a person who is attentive on his own nature can segregate his reactions and see himself as a witness to these things rather than an engaged individual in the world of the objects. Therefore, what happens is that it is mandatory for on our side that we keep our alertness all the time so that we are doing the Viveka, the Vairagya, the Shama, Dhamma, Uparati and the Titiksha for all the time on all the objects at all in all the you know activities we are engaged in it not by withdrawing from the activity while engaged in the activity if such a person is there then there are two things which is happening by natural progression it is called shraddha and samadhan nigama chaatya Nikamacharya Vakyeshu Bhakti Shraddha Shruta Chitre Gagrantu Salakshe Samadhana Nidhisruta Nikamacharya Vakyeshu Kai Smisu. Okay, so what happens is that. Nigamachamacha. Nigamach means here that from the Acharya, Veda Guru Vachaneshu, that is Nigama, Agama Nigama. Veda Guru Vachaneshu is the, is what is the Bhakti, a sort of devotion, because we are not knowing what is the Sraddha, Samadhana, Mubarati, Tidiksha, Vivayaka, when we are doing right, when we are doing. We do not have any guidance from the nat nature from outside. Only the Shastras, Upanishad, Vatya and the Guru, when it is being told, we have a reference with which we can evaluate whether you are doing the right thing or wrong thing. Unless you have a devotion towards your appreciation for these things, whether Shastra Vatya or Guru Vatya, 
you will not be able to put into practice all the things which you have been talking about from the beginning viveka vairagya samadama uparajiti diksha so for that you need to develop the devotion and when you develop this devotion bhakti you are having a attitude of shraddha shraddha is an attitude of devotion it is not devotion per se it is an attitude with which a devotion is being done to the nigamacharya vakeshu and when it is being done when you have a shraddha and with the shraddha with that you practice all the viveka vairagya samadama uparajiti diksha the shraddha will help you towards samadhan chitte grandhyantu sallakshye samadhanam idi smrutam that is the time when the concentration chitta ekagram chitta means intellect or the antakarana inner instrument eka agram means the last resort agram means end eka agram means the ultimate goal in that if you want to fix your intellect or in your inner instrument of being when all these things done when you have the shraddha that will give you this the potency for concentration into such an extent that your mind is no more wavering not being taken away by anything you are not engaging in the with the mind outside you are engaged in a state of peaceful existence with your own being that peaceful feeling what you feel inside when the inner instrument is not perturbed with the different thoughts and different feelings and emotions and uh, you know turmoil which goes in the mind when none of these things takes you are at peace with yourself and that is what is called samadhana so these are the shat sambhati viveka vairagya shat sambhati samsara bandha vinirmukti kadam sime syat kadan vide iti ya drida buddhir vyakta samumukshuda samsara bandha vinirmukti freedom from entanglement with the vagaries of life how can that happen to me this is was the same question which narada asked sanat kumar Ma- the masters like you have been telling that antarati shokam atmave the one who knows atma is has crossed over the ocean of sorrows or from the entanglement of the worldly objects and life so katam syat how can that happen to me e should be the desire with which you should be living every moment of your life sudrana buddhi that affirmed mind with which that i want to be free from the vagaries of life nothing in the life is permanent i have seen all of them are changing from my childhood till now the world has changed the objects have changed my desires have changed my likes have changed my dislikes have changed my parents have changed my society has changed everything has changed and 
I am everything is changing and in the changing world I am not finding a permanent peace anywhere how can I have that eternal peace which I am looking for worldwide the world whatever happens in the world it doesn't touch me anymore that is what is called the samsara bandha vinamukti that type of a desire to be in that that is the drida buddhi sudrida buddhi that is what is called the mumukshuda this is shankaracharya sound words in the aparokshanabodhi which i incidentally thought will give a better clarity because in the brahma sutra he is not going to get into the details of it he is only just listing the, the four of them so when we look into that we will see that all the things which he has mentioned here nityanitya vastu viveka ihamutra viragaha samadhi sadhana sambad mumukshuttam these are the prerequisites thereafter how will i kadam syat puna that word comes from the from the seeker how can this happen to me will be the one which is now the word atha is standing for now we have completed the first word of the first sutra now you know why the word atha has got an importance the thereafter is so important to know what is brahma because these are all the things which we should know before entering to know what is brahma and how is the jiva brahma is the same or jiva brahma jivo brahma eva napara that statement has got a meaning can become reality only if we have these qualities in the universe i'll stop it here in the the remaining part the next is the the word the second word atha shabda which we'll take it up in the next class the smart atha shabde na iti that is where we will resume in the next class any questions na mahode tatra so it was very good so many points uh I just want to mention some things and then you can answer so practice knowing at all time that uh, people are not doing things gunas are acting so don't react that is a very good way to practice at all times because usually our trouble comes in interaction with people only uh, so and hence the reaction and then the reaction to that so it just continues so to remember that the gunas are acting like it's mentioned in bhagavad gita also then um, other thing is that uh, the objects also have the power to attract us always towards them so uh, hence therefore not to be in the reactive mode uh, then uh, in this uh, dharma jignasa and brahma jignasa so today you are explaining atha to in that atha thereafter um so here it is said that uh, before or after the dharma jignasa this can be practiced i'll listen to your recording one more time uh, to get the um 
so is uh, shankara saying that I, both that it's not needed the dharma jignasa is not needed to practice brahma jignasa at the same time even after it has been practiced this can come also then another thing is um so the phalas the uh, rituals that are prescribed since everything is an avastha uh why would they have rituals with the phalas results uh being promised uh i you know like yes if, if the rituals are done exactly to the point then the results come while everything is not happening according to individual persons or personas uh that is another thing then everything is not brahman as in sarvam khalu idam brahma it is so what i am getting out of that is nothing other than brahma can exist so in that way that uh, appearance is also coming of brahma brahman but we need to remember that behind the appearances who the real uh, brahma tatva brahman is that of whom because of whom this is all appearing but that appearance is not brahman it is the substratum okay so the, those were my okay question so the first question or first thing which you see is that the world objects are attracting and we are dealing with the people as a reaction 90% or 95% or even 99% of the time we do not give even a slightest inclination that the world is reacting because how you are reacting how you have been reacting mm. we think that we are always perfect and it is all the cause is from the world outside anything and everything we are ready to point a finger at something and that, that is the reason why this is happening this is the reason why that is happening never that i am the therefore these things are happening is i am also a contributing factor to that is never accepted or even acknowledged by most of us true that is so that if somebody is there yes yeah so that some that reaction from the world a, a flower by itself doesn't attract you nor does it make a create a hatred in no in you to take a flower to be discarded it is what it is and it remains there where it is what we react towards a flower by attraction or a repulsion is purely due to our interaction now this is as far as a inanimate or a in, a, in a, an object like flower now when you look at animals in the world which is which we are calling it as things with life in the body they are also there just as any other object created in the world similar to the tree the wood the human being the animals are also part of that same thing but to certain animals we have a hatred certain animals we like it 
we have differential treatment given to different animals. Same is the case with human beings. Some human beings we like, some human beings we do not like. Why? If the creation and the nature of the objects are the same, the reaction, why should it be different? It is the same carbon, phosphorus, nitrogen, hydrogen, organic, inorganic, everything in all the things which is you see in the world outside. Atomic-wise also it is the same thing. But we have differential attitude to different things. It shows that the world outside is not the cause. It is causes from us. We define, we decide and we react. So the whole solution has to happen in us, not in the world outside. The world will be like the world what it is. When we, when we change our defined definitions, the desires and the reactions, the world also will acknowledge that. Because when you are reacting in a certain way, interfering, there's, there's the other world has to inter, other object in the world has to interfere. If you if if you are if you are angry at a dog and if it bites you, it is not because the dog wants to bite you. Because you did something, it bites you, right? Or something like somebody is misbehaving, you do not know what you have done sometime back in your life or sometime earlier, which is now you have forgotten. But that person remembers and he reacts it that way. So we cannot really control how things from the world outside will until we correct ourselves. And as long as we keep correcting, whatever we have done in the past will keep coming to us. That is the time when titiksha is required, forbearance is required to deal with them that I do not generate a new reaction in the world. At the same time, whatever reactions I have created in the world, I am absorbing and, and emancipating that and dissolving it that so that I do not have a new set of reactions available from the world outside. This is how it has to be seen. Very good. Right. Now, in your second portion on the Gita thing, what did you ask me? No, it was not about the Gita, actually. Um, it is, uh, I don't remember the order now. <laughs> Uh, I thought you wrote down and you are asking me from your writing. I wrote down, no, but I matter. did not number them. I just read them all out. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Then let me just pick one. Everything is not Brahman. So, when we say Sarvam Kalu Idam Brahma, there, it does not mean, mean that you, uh, appearance is not Brahman also. Oh, so, I, I just wanted to say there, for clarification that, since nothing else can exist in Brahman except Brahman alone, anything that mm. appears also, uh, it, is, it is referred to as his sankalpa, his just mere will, all this, you know, mm. comes into appearance. Uh, we know by our own experience that we go into deep sleep where nothing existed and then we just spring into this appearance world. Uh, so, so we don't, that's not Brahman. Appearance is not Brahman because it's not uh, what permanent. Comes and goes. Can we say it is off of Brahman? But what you are saying is that we have to remember that it's appearing in Brahman. So that is not that is the part that we have to focus on and practice. Okay, here you should understand one thing. 
when we say nitya nitya vastu viveka so we are talking about the vastu or the objects in self as eternal and non eternal and brahma we know is eternal and the the shruti vakya sarvam khalidam means all this is brahman how in that in that case how can there be an eternal and non eternal when brahma's nature is eternal is the question in, in summary what you are asking <coughs> yes because uh, there is either awareness actually there is no i there so there is the awareness then there is this swabhava nature right so what we should understand is that when we are looking at the any object we see there are things which are changing and things and there is an aspect of non changing nature of the object by itself which we call it as sat or jnanam or the awareness or the existence of the object <coughs> sorry what we attribute as changing is the adjectives which we are putting on it you should understand that there is no adjective per se in any object did an adjective exist in the object or is the adjective existing in our definition so uh, since we are also objects how are we don't i know i'm i am talking from the vastu viveka hmm. okay we to us we will come later first we should be able to do that in the world outside okay in the vastu viveka or in the analysis of the object when we are doing eternal and not eternal or what is eternal what is permanent and what is impermanent we are saying that there is a permanent aspect of the object which is of the nature of existence and awareness and there is adjectives which are on the object which is changing name form time space etc are the adjectives which we are putting it on hmm. now if you really look into that there is no adjective in the essence of an object the name of a pot and the shape of the pot was given to it when it took a shape or a form and name but even when it is there we are seeing the mud as the fundamental reality of the pot our adjective of the name pot for the shape of the pot is now giving us further accessibility of utility of that object but did that name and form ever exist in the power in the mud lump of mud no so no. that is what you are referring to as the object itself does not have the attributes it is right. the seer it is what we attribute on the object what is making the qualities of the object and the definition of the object the object per se in purity has nothing on it 
neither good nor bad nor likable nor dislikable nothing they are as they are and in that form they are brahman yes okay understood then so this giving attributes to it as uh, this this personas being objects themselves ah uh, that is not clear who is, so who is giving it so how do they take on the attributes attributes are given by the the one who is observing thinking it is different from he, he because he has assumed himself with definitions he has in on himself he has given attributes definitions definition i mean uh, descriptions conditions and to match those definitions and differentiation conditions you are now defining the otherness because you have defined the other object as other from you yes only only when those both the definition aspect is removed from the observer and the observed there is then only that oneness can be seen so the as long as you remove it from the objects but you remain with all the adjectives on yourself as a human being with the mind intellect and all those things with likes and dislikes and innate tendencies etc your definitions will naturally be based on that Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So attach to the body and see all the differentiation. Don't attach and you don't see the snake. Yeah. You need to do this analytically to yourself and to the world outside. It is a yes. pratipoda viditam. Every moment you have to keep doing it in yes. all aspects. That is why he said sovas varnashrama dharmena tapasa hari poshana that word tapasa dar that is the austerity which we have to do what while engaged in the activities of our day to day life by keeping that hari toshana as our anchor which is the ultimate goal for us we have to know that it is a turbulent water and we have to sail through that the sailing can happen only when we balance between these two and know what we are okay i yeah, yes i think i think i understand the point to focus on is again uh, you have mentioned this before too <laughs> um but uh, thank you for um explaining it again so the point to focus on is attaching to the body you see the differentiation no point in trying to understand that when we don't attach to the body then you don't see the differentiation that is what is to be remembered and practiced is that correct yes okay uh i think the others are um yeah probably... anybody else having questions atmishya yeah can you hear me okay Yes, I can hear you. If it gets bad, tell me and I'll move. I'm in a bad spot. Um so the everything you spoke about a uh, really answer to my question. Uh but I want to I want to just double check a few things. Um 
<laughs> I also want to thank you for not responding to the last uh, that I reached out to you, and and you didn't really respond to what I was what I was putting forward. Um, that was perfect. Um, so, uh, what was bothering me at the beginning of the class that I wanted to bring forward was specifically um, this idea of something being unchanging. Um, a couple months ago. Uh, the idea of something being eternal or that was bothering me because I, I wanted to find confirmation that this was not talking about eternal as in a duration of time. So I think with this idea of unchanging, you know, I'm, comf- I'm, I'm very good with uh, uh, truth being without attributes, um, a lot of ways it's spoken of. But the unchanging, it seems like it easily gets turned into uh, kind of a story of something that's always somehow in time, but uh, I don't know. It just, it, I feel like it can be easily, um, really easily misinterpreted as something that can almost be held onto. Um, this is really hard to talk about. Um, Do you think that there's something very specific that using the word unchanging is pointed to that 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 I need to further investigate? Because, for instance, the without attributes, the uh, the existence, consciousness, bliss, all these things, I, I feel very very clear and convinced about. But the word unchanging bothers me. Mm. Okay. See, if you remember, I told in the other class that mind cannot think a condition where space and time is not existing. Both space and time are changing all the time. So the unchanging has to be outside the space and time. So when we are using the word unchanging, that has to be a state where the changes of space and time also is being observed but not changing along with the space and time. Yeah, I'm it is not practical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what happens for us when the moment we say unchanging, we are referring change as a change of time or space. What will be that state where the effects of space and time is not experienced? At the same time, you are there to know the space and time doesn't exist. So this is all good. This is all totally good. I I think what it is is that um, then I will hear, not from you, but, you know, more generally in the Advaita Vedanta circles, I, I hear people saying this about unchanging and 
and I really pick up that the idea that they have is um, uh, as if it is somehow something that is in space and time that can be held onto, um, you know, like a certain kind of religious concepts and so forth. And I just want to be 100% clear, at least with you, uh, uh, what you're saying is um, it's just the best word that can be come up with, we can come up with, but it's, uh, unless one is very careful, it's going to be pointing in the wrong direction. Would you agree? Yes, I agree with you. Okay, then, then I can totally, uh, it reminds me of when I didn't like the word beyond, I like the word closer, better, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's <laughs> because I want to be 100% clear that there's not something, I'm comfortable, I'm totally comfortable, uh, but I want to make sure w- with the depth of of inquiry and wisdom that you have that there isn't something by any chance uh, that I'm missing and I can be comfortable having a different perspective than other people. Um, I want to bring up a little bit of one other thing, which is this, uh, what I tried to uh, communicate to you in the last week. Um, to see if you have, it was, it was a huge, uh, learning, um, if you have any comment on this. So what, uh, I realized, what I have now realized is that, um, it's possible to continue to have a certain amount of support in the spiritual path where so many things are cut out from under us and, and we lose reference points and we lose, you know, relationships and we see through our ideas that there still may be things that are familiar to us, like um, that uh, it's easy to miss that there's still somehow a certain kind of identification. So in the case of what I've realized over the last week or two is that, you know, that that the the place I live, uh, the place that I go out in these natural wild places that I'm very familiar with, I, I don't know the specific locations because I walk long distances, but I have a, a great sense of familiarity. And, and when I'm in these places, I have a very, the mind is really very, very much not present. And yet, I'm physically engaged through the body, say by walking or just sitting and being out in these places for, you know, several days or weeks or at times it's been months on end. What I hadn't realized is that the idea of losing even being in that, that place, which is familiar, uh, that it just, it really undercut something, uh, uh, I'll end here in a minute, but it's um, almost like uh, an elevator cord just being cut. It's this, just this sense of, uh, of disengagement. And my conclusion right now in my mind is that a person could even have that sense of familiarity, say, if they were on a spiritual path, but they were married. And they'd have this other human being that they have a sense of familiarity with. Uh, and that there's something to understand about really when more and more of even anything familiar is just cut away. And where that leaves one, like you said today, with um, really just nowhere at all to go. 
for any kind of identification. And and this was, it was not apparent to me because the identification was not personal or human or anything like that. Have I said this in a way that you can speak to this at all? Because it was a big, uh, it was a really shattering thing that I hadn't expected at all. Okay. See, the word familiar and, you know, as social, either it's a location or a family or a, or a scenario or a living ambience in which you conduct your day-to-day life. This all right. which we, we bring it into the term called familiarity. Now, these are all based on the identification of what we have defined ourselves as what we are. What we are and therefore we are familiar is what we have now defined and therefore the familiarity gets a definition from based on what we define as ourselves as. But the question is coming is that is that are you with the definitions or are you on which the definitions are being attributed? So when you know that your true nature and the attributions to define what you are, male, female, age, location, family, husband, wife, location, all those things are secondary definitions after having defined what you are. Now, what you define yourself as is with the type of qualities you entertain in your mind and intellect or the antakarana. That is what is the first definition with which you are identifying with them. That is what I call the individuality definition. Now here what we are talking about is that while engaged in with the familiar world of outside, the engagement is with the individuality, not with your true nature which is beyond the definitions of the individuality. While remaining at the individual level, for the transactional purpose in the world outside, if you are anchored knowing what is your true nature, neither the surrounding, the familiarity, or nothing will get disconnected from your engagement. And you don't get attracted nor repulsed by them. You will know that they are just mere happenings. Like, you know, in a dream when you have things are happening, you are not knowing it is happening. But when you woke up and when you knew that it was a dream, it never bothered you anymore. That type of a sense of relief while living will come to you, knowing very well that what is your true nature and what is the nature with which you are now performing the act of what you call ourselves as the individual. That is what is called the what you call as the disconnect, but actually not getting disconnected. Knowing the nature of connection makes you feel disconnected. Oh, is it clear for you? Um, so everything that you said, uh, I'm good with and I agree, but there is something, maybe there's there's something, you know, more insight that will come because uh I feel like I would have totally agreed with everything you said and felt that I knew that 
uh, a long time ago. This was really dramatic, really dramatic and unexpected. And I, maybe I still haven't quite even found a way to um, to say it. Or maybe it's just that it truly is simply a deeper... I don't know, the word disregard is what comes to mind. A disregard with uh, absolutely anything. Like, but what, what, like examples I've thought of over the last week or so is that it's not uncommon, for instance, for these uh, supposed realized figures to uh, have a strong connection to something in, in the world, like... Um, uh, like Ramana Maharshi staying near Arunachala or like, um, uh, you know, Ramakrishna or other figures having this real uh, relationship of a sort, like with um, with certain places uh, or with uh, the Ganges or it, this, th- what I'm trying to talk about would would undercut all of that, and I am a little skeptical then of why certain people retained certain familiarities, whether it was a certain relationship or a certain location, and maybe they didn't ever even have the the full challenge of just having everything ripped out. Um, I'm just a little skeptical still. Okay. The, the problem for that is that we are not in their shoes to know what they are experiencing, whereas we are seeing them from what we have seen them doing before and after or when, when, what is maybe the situation in which they are living. So our way of analysis is based on what we have defined ourselves and calling them as a realized soul and treating them that we have certain expectations certain do's and don'ts, etc. comes into our mind. So what happens is that it is from our point of view we find these definitions for the you know realized souls being you know, evaluated or, de- or described. Whereas from right. their own point of view, they do not identify with themselves that individuality anymore. They know their reality. They, their body continue to see from our point of view, they don't even identify their own body anymore. It is that what is like, what the Shastra says is that the scriptures are the authority in that. What it is, they call it as the Bhadita Anavritti. Bhadita Anavritti means the mirage is affected by the knowledge of not water, but continues to appear as water, is an example of Bhadita Anavritti. Same way, they see the body, the functions of the body and everything. They do not identify it anymore. That is very difficult for a person who has not shifted his identity to his true nature to even imagine how can it be possible. At, at the, and at a, what do you call, a stage will happen where your identification from the individuality point becomes not as real as it is today because today we, our reality is our individuality. 
not our real nature. That shift day when it takes place, or what is called as that, that knowledge when it happens, the aparoksha knowledge, that immediate knowledge when it takes place, is the time when the identity of the true nature of the individual is now being seen by the same person from a different angle. Got it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, it is difficult for words, even word with words, anybody can explain it. So that is why we have to depend upon what the Shastra says. And when these masters, when they talk, their talks are in gel with the Shastra or the Upanishad, what they think. Whether they have studied the Upanishad or not studied the Upanishad, they, they speak the same truth in their own language, which is in tune with the Upanishadic words. Therefore, we have to only say that, yes, the words of the Upanishads are from the masters, similar to those masters who have experienced that state, which is not at individual level, but rather from that, that pure nature of their being. You know, while, while that is true, I, what, it, what really strikes me, though, is that um, all we, the, the words are terrible, but all we really have is exactly whatever is, is, is in and as our own awareness. And um, it's, it's as if there's still these things, these <clears throat> writings and, and what we know about past realized beings, that's all there as a support. But um, everything just, at a certain point, no comparisons back and forth make any sense or, to me or, or have any, at a certain place, uh, all there okay, is. Okay, Akhmishya, just, just, really just look at this, just look at this, just look at this. This very moment, each one of us is that in identity reality. Correct. So it should be present and continuously happening in us, even now. But our actions are from the point of the ignorance that I am the individual. Right? The body right. will continue to function as the individual because the body, that is the nature of the body. But there will be a knowledge in the individual. These are the traits of the individuality with which I was identifying myself, I am in reality not anything to do with the individuality. It is an appearance. From his point of view. But from the world point of view of the others who are seeing him, they will continue to see what you are now, the very moment. 
Yes, and it's okay. We can we can set it down right now. It's uh, um, it's 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 definitely a, a unexpected uh, place right now. So all of this is good. Um, yeah, all of this is good, and I'll just stay with it. Thanks. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes, Ravati. Not not very clear your voice. No, no decision. Yeah, slightly better. Uh, no, Vindhuji. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm clear? Uh, yeah. Uh, from the previous class, uh, the, you, uh, while you were explaining the shell and silver, the Tadhyasa, uh, yeah. you said, uh, the while the knowledge functioning through the body, the Atman feels that it is my body. So, is that Adhyasa that the... It is the mind saying that, no, Vindhuji? I am the body. Yeah, it is Antakarna. Mind, you can say, Antakarna, that Manobhuti Ankara Chitta together is the individuality. That is saying uh, that I am the body, but not the Atman. Yes. Atman cannot say. No. Atman has no no role to play. It is It is in the presence of that, the... You know the mind, the body, mind, and intellect gets a, uh, you know, the reflected awareness. What you call it as? Chidabasa. Chidabasa. Ah, yes. Uh, then, 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 uh, when the antakarna starts, then only the individuality starts, no, Bindoji, because yes, any uh, knowing, any knowing. Then the uh, individuality starts. And, yes. Uh, that Bindoji, if I feel that I am breathing, I am I am being. It is also individuality. Other than see, mind, mind if doesn't mind. No, well, see, uh, there are two aspects of it. The individ, the knowing, in the individuality or the and the karanaya is being replaced from the I am the individual to the I am the awareness because of which the individuality feeling is happening where I am now identifying myself as the individual. In the Atma there is no individual. There is no knowing. It is the knowledge nature, nature of knowledge or awareness. In the awareness knowing doesn't take place. It is a nature of knowledge itself. That just like that, in the light, the enlightening doesn't happen. The light by itself, when it is passing through the sky, doesn't enlighten anything. Only when an object like a star, well, a planet or a moon or an earth or something comes there, that gets the light from the light. Right? Hmm. And then we say that now, now the moonlight is there, right? Hmm. Same way that the awareness is 
awareness, consciousness is everything. There is no multiplicity, there is only that. You cannot point a pin where there is no existence or no awareness. Outside that, outside existence, you cannot even mention something is existing outside existence. That is contrary, I mean, but it is not a, I mean, it's, not, it's something which will not stand logic. So, everything is in existence and existence itself is awareness. And that body and the mind elect, these are all appearances in that. They are not separate from that. But the separatedness is due to a reflection which is happening in the individuality, feeling that the mind feels now, I am the thing. It is just like the, the moon says, now it's my light with which this part of the earth is getting lit because the sun is on the other side. So the moonlight is the one which is lightening and lightening the earth. The moon starts thinking that. Actually, moon doesn't have a light of its own, does it? Yes. 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 The mind is then. The, the mind is saying, I am. Yeah. That's why in the, in the Shastra, in, that's why in the Shastra, the mind is considered to be a, you know, abode of moon. Moon is the abode of the moon is the Adhisthana Devata. Ah, yes, yes. Okay, clear the message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bindu, do you have time for another couple? One? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. So, uh, just to help with the language, uh, how do we see uh, the, the appearance? We can't speak of it in terms of location, but uh, in language, do you, do you see that the appearance uh, is in the substratum. It doesn't. It doesn't flow out of the substratum. So it, it's in. Yeah. It is the substratum, not, not appearance. Even though it's not Atman, it, it's in the substratum in a way. So how how do you speak to this? Okay, the appearance is the one who sees the appearance. Just as the water of the mirage is in the one who doesn't know it is a mirage. The water is not in the mirage but in the eye, in the knowledge of the one who has not the knowledge of the water or the, in the nature of mirage, right? There is no water in the mirage. But the one who sees the water, the water exists in his knowledge or in his idea, but not knowing the reality of the mirage, he attributes wateriness into the mirage and therefore he sees the water in the world outside as a water, as a reflected water in the mirage. Same way, these appearances which we are seeing in the world is the appearances because I have created an appearance for myself and therefore my appearance and the world appearances are created by my mind in the, in, in the light of my not knowing my true nature. The absence of my true nature created my individuality and that because of my individuality not only I created myself, I am also creating the world outside as the same appearances. Just as not knowing the rope gives rise to the birth of the snake, the snake all the time was never there even when seeing the snake, what is seeing the rope? Same way, when I'm seeing the appearances as the world and myself, 
it is from my point of ignorance of not knowing my nature i am seeing myself as separate the world as separate in reality what is being seen is that true nature of myself and the world outside all of them are in the same one awareness so help with this notion i talked about it yesterday with the particle and wave we we see in the language of advaita uh particle and wave is an object correct both particle and wave are an object yes the will you i mean i know you don't like to blend science and advaita but but in the in on a notional level would you would you be comfortable seeing the um particle as manifestation and the wave as uh the 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 unmanifest as potential that i mean how how would you how would you how would you talk about the wave in the language of advaita if you had to and advaita doesn't define the wave or the particle or the appearances they are all part of the whole projection of due to avidya or ignorance or maya everything whatever you want to name it is there is only kevalam or that alone is what is the reality and when you do not know the reality anything can appear in that whether it is a wave particle you me the whole world it's all the appearances of that not knowing that reality once you know the reality you will be able to see the reality of the appearances as not different from that itself the names and forms do not stand separate from the mud yeah okay thank you any other question otherwise we can stop so we'll continue next week okay om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om thank you dhanyavada namaskara dhanyavada